How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the 19th Hole Podcast. You have found Golf Talks Live's 19th Hole Podcast. I am Alan DePew. I am joined by our panel of experts, Brendan Elliott, junior golf instructor and PGA member extraordinaire, Andy Hydorn, the ever-present one, and Boston Bob Baldessari, PGA golf professional, and you've got some interesting golf stories to tell today, my friend. But we are one, we are recording on Tuesday night, and we are one week out from election day. And I don't care if you vote white tees, red tees, blue tees, green tees. Get out and vote, folks. <laughs> Amen. T Ford and go someplace. There you go. There you go. That was my that was my PSA for to start the show, guys. And you're working the polls, by the way. And I'm, so that's and I'm working, even better. And I'm working the polls. That's correct. So, but everyone should get out. Seriously, you should get out there. To, you should get out and vote. I mean, you guys, Andy, did you vote yet? I'm not going to ask you who you voted for. We're not going to go. We're not going to go political because God knows there's enough podcasts out there about that. But I'm voting tomorrow. Excellent, Bobby. I have voted. I am duly stickered. Nice. And Mr. Elliott? I should have voted early, but I will be one of the people in line on Election Day. Well, <laughs> you could join me here in Pennsylvania at 6.30 a.m., and I'm sure the line will be around the school again, just like it was last three four times. Anyway, uh, Bob, hey, I said you got stories to tell. We should, or uh, Brendan, we should actually jump back to the teeing ground, right? Isn't that what we're saying? Right. Yes. Yep. We've been waiting on uh, with bated breath because you foreshadowed conclusion of last show. You said something to the effect of teeing ground rules. What do you got? Oh, this is just one of those things that's uh, you go to any golf course, any golf hole. We've all heard it. You get there and it's like, uh, hey, what tee box are we playing today? Hey, what tee box should I play? It's always the box with the tee. So that's that reference in America to the tea box. Well, the tea box was something that was over in Scotland. It was a small wooden structure that was on the teeing ground and there was sand in there. And that's how you put a little water in the sand, squeeze it together. And that's how you made your tea hundreds of years ago, the, the golf tee. So the teeing ground is where you're gonna start the hole from. The tea box, there is no such thing as really a tea box to where you play golf from unless your stance is very narrow and the ball is very close to you, and you're standing literally on a wooden tee box. So there you have it. And we had the tee box at the PGA of America's Museum of Golf. I don't know where it is now because they closed the Museum of Golf after I left uh, PGA Village. So somewhere out there is an authentic, hundreds of years old tee box. So there you go. Okay. Mind-blown mind emoji right now, okay? <laughs> and I will tell you that, little known, Harker's Hollow golf club in phillipsburg okay yep i won a tournament there oh is your name on that wall also yes parker's hollow has a t-box from st andrews 
sitting in the inn's pub. There you go. There you this go. Yeah. And so, I believe I believe there's a course Foxburg Country Club in Pencil someplace in Pennsylvania. I've been there also. That has. Would you like those, to know information about that? Yeah, they, okay. I think they have those those tea boxes on ground on some of the holes. Foxborough, and this is actually good stuff because Foxborough is the longest, or I should say, the oldest continuous golf course in America. It's a yep. nine holer. It's like thirty one hundred yards. It's in Foxborough, uh, Pennsylvania, in Western uh, PA. Yep. Uh, had the American Society of uh, Hall of Hickory. Fame there at one time. Yeah, Hickory. They have big Hickory events there. Yep. And it's noteworthy because Ron Garl, famous architect, has actually just been uh, commissioned to uh, do some type of restoration or he's doing some work there to to with it. Know total, it well. re- total redo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it's only been around since 1874, but we're going to do a total redo. We're going to bulldoze it and make a new golf course. I did a golf course out there like 20 minutes away from that. I stayed at the Fox Barrel Inn. I've got pictures. Actually, I probably even shared them on some of my social at one time. Got pictures of myself standing on the first tee of that place. It's cool. cool. Yeah. Clubhouse, Clubhouse is a house, Brandon, with just like a deck. That's all it I, is. <laughs> I actually did a piece on it a couple months back for um... – Right around the the open championship, I did did one on that. And it was it was really interesting doing the research and talking to the guys there. And like you said, the little museum that they have. And um I think they at one point had wanted that to be the official, you know, history museum of the game in the United States. But at the same time, I think uh the World Golf Hall of Fame was being talked about at that time and and that kind of took precedence of that. So I thought I thought the homestead had ah uh, Oakhurst yeah you, you, Oakhurst you speak of sir it did it actually did have uh, but it's no longer I don't believe it's operating any longer I thought it was the longest active first tee in golf maybe I believe that's still an accurate statement yes yeah. but do you know here you go a little factoid do you know the oldest continuous golf course in North America. That's the one in South Carolina? No. no. I was going to say Charleston. Well, someplace there, but it's not. Is it in New York? Uh, no, but relatively close. You're, getting, you're warm, Andy. You're warm. I am warm. Um, it's not the country club. Nope. It's not Newport either. Oh, it's in New York City. Um. St. Andrews. It's not St. Andrews in New York City. God, I love it when I get I get like stumped, you guys. All right, give us give us the state at least. I believe you mean Providence. Oh, mm. it's not it's not one of Moisset. No, you would think it's Montreal Golf Club, but actually there was a period where Montreal and Providence, Golf... not Providence. Okay. Oh, what did I say? Did I say I yeah. <laughs> now we're up in Canada. Hey, eh? it's not it's not a Quebecer because that it, there was a period there where Montreal Golf Club did not continue operations. Nova no, Scotia. Folks, nope. I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin the tension because this this part of the show dragged out a little longer than I wanted. <laughs> um, <laughs> Niagara on the Lakes Golf oh, Lake. Wow. It is oh. it is a little th- nine holer. 
and it embraces the history you got because Niagara on the Lakes there was a big uh, civil or uh, War of 1812 battle there so they have cannons actually on the golf course facing the water cool experience great wineries up there also if you want to if you want to slip away for uh you know a little golf and uh play interesting niagara on the lakes niagara on the lakes yep i'll, I'll make sure i don't ever forget that trivia question <laughs> but anyway bob we I, I didn't mean to take us down a rabbit hole t box noted <laughs> and by the way you get two club links back so it's more like a rectangle than a box so there's another one depends wow. on how wide it is bob yeah sure. what happens if they made it exactly you know symmetrical club wide. <laughs> yeah it's usually pretty wide <laughs> well bob you had all the you, you we we throw that over there to you but you've got all the good stories this week where would uh, tell everybody where you were today yeah, it's been a good week already. Uh, the National Doubles Golf Championship was held at the Bears Club down in Jupiter, Florida today. So I was out there. Uh, the Doubles Golf is co-founded by Jack Nicholas, the Golden Bear himself. So I had the uh, privilege of having some lunch with Jack and some of the, um, well, a lot of participants, but uh, some of the uh, people involved with Doubles Golf, uh, Bob Longmire, who was also started the junior league team competition, which is out there. The PJ America runs that now, but I first met Bob in 2011 when he was starting junior league golf. He now has the doubles golf going. So if anybody's listening to this, it, it had a start, start and a stop with the pandemic. But as we get into 2023, you will see and learn and hopefully participate in your own doubles golf leagues and it'll roll up to the championship next year. I can tell you unequivocally, the Golden Bear is 1 million percent behind this. It's how he sees the game evolving to get people into the game, keeping them in the game, an older person, a younger person. And in its essence, it's two-person scramble. So you get out there. If you miss a shot, you've got a partner. There's some minor tweaks to the rules, uh, but the USGA is excited about this. Uh, it's really going to be something pretty big next year. So doublesgolf.com is the website. It's a lot of information there. We'll be doing quite a bit of this at our Sandpiper Bay Golf Club, and uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty big here. That's cool. Very cool. Cool. That is that actually is really neat. And I mean, given the success of PGA Junior League, I mean, this is this is Same destined. Group. And and having Jack behind, it's got to be. I mean, it's got to be huge, right? Yeah, big. And he is. He oh is, shit! Andy's leaning in. Oh, this is good. <laughs> I was just going to say, our esteemed colleague, <laughs> Mr. Baldessari, throughout the years has proved to be on the the front of a lot of these really cool initiatives in golf. So yep. we're honored to be in your presence there, Robert. That that we are, and you've got some really cool memorabilia from your from today that Christian doesn't get to have because right. you, you got like four of them, right? You got four, right? Yeah, well, if you're a co-host today on today's show, you win one of these nice uh, Jack Nicholas uh, autograph head covers. <laughs> Sorry, Christian, you're not here. Wow, that's too bad, Christian. That's really, really. I mean, I feel my, I'm heartbroken for Christian, poor guy. I'll let him use mine in Orlando. Uh, okay, yeah. Oh, Andy, what are you going to be going to Orlando for? 
the uh, PGA Merchandise Show and the Little Linkster Scramble. You mean the Little Linkster Scramble promoted for, for the Little Linksters Foundation? That, that would be correct. And, and what does that do, Brendan? Let's go live to Brendan. <laughs> well, it's a great, it will be a great, the start of a great annual event uh, that raises money for our scholarship fund uh, for the Little Linksters Association. Uh, the program is 15 years old next year. Can't believe it's been that long. And uh, the scholarships that we raise money for, you know, it's, it goes for our programming, but I'm trying to open it up to help older kids that are not just beginners that are a lot of the kids that have a potential future in the game, but financial barriers kind of stand in the way for mom and dad. Uh, Cause you know, entry fees are high in a lot of events and equipment's expensive and instructions and expensive. And we just, kind of the mission of what we do is we don't want barriers to exist in golf and fortunately not just in our sport but many sports barriers exist and trying to do our part in uh, giving kids opportunities wherever they are on the spectrum of the game just getting started or trying to gain a college scholarship so that's what we're raising money for to, to help out pretty awesome absolutely and as Andy mentioned, we are all going to attempt to be uh, there. So you'll get a chance if you are in the Orlando area. And the date again was 20, 29th, right? 28th, the Saturday after the PJ Merchandise Show. I've showed up late. I showed up on the wrong days before for golf. Action, so <laughs> <laughs> I would have been playing a one man scramble. <laughs> yes, you have showed up, showed up a day early. <laughs> yeah. A week early. Was it a week early or it was a, a week early? early. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, That's almost you forgivable. I had a question to go back to what Bobby was talking about with doubles golf. When I grew up in upstate New York, we had leagues just constantly. All the time we had leagues at our at our the course I grew up on. And then as I made my way down to central Florida, the Orlando area. It just doesn't seem like that's the case here. I was just going to ask you guys, um, are you heavy league play at the facilities that you guys, you know, uh, Alan and Bobby that you guys work at and Andy that you frequent? Are there is there a lot of league play? Not, not where I play. But, Although, like, it's big in the Northeast. Yeah. I think it's I, a... Yeah kind of geographic thing we have some leagues at our sandpiper bay golf facility we will have more moving forward but uh, yeah it is interesting geographically some areas are bigger than others in that yeah I've, I've got you know we we could have more and probably should have more um i think we have let's see one two three four six i think comes to mind six leagues um we have two two during the day uh, and then uh, four in the evenings. So uh, yeah, I mean, I know I know a property up in up in New York. They literally have thirty leagues. Yeah, twenty seven holer. They have thirty leagues over the course of. I mean, this is crazy. And that's that's what I was used to growing up as a kid. All the courses around us were that way. Right. It's kind of kind of like you know, it's it's kind of like uh, bowling, where you know it's shocking when you can go into a golf course. 
<laughs> or when you used to be able to, if, if you never want to go bowling, you'd walk in, you go, oh, wait, you actually have open lanes, so you don't have a league going on? Right. League night. League night. League night. So watch what I'm going to do. How, watch how I'm going to do this, because I just want to work this one in there. I was, I was opening up my uh, browser here so that I could find this other piece of information. And I came upon this one and I just got to, I got to read it and I got to tip my glasses up because I'm blind. Um, I'll, we're going to have don't hashtag don't be that girl. Okay. No twist. Yeah. A little twist. Do not be Katie Sigmund who we're un, unwittingly I'm giving her exposure here who uh, is a 19 year old social media influencer who is awaiting charges for driving a golf ball into the Grand Canyon and doing so on TikTok. So it's also partially a warning to you, Andy, if you are TikToking again, and you because you're TikTok famous, do not drive it into the Grand Canyon. You've been forewarned. <laughs> she's getting charged for that? She's getting charged for hitting a golf ball into because I guess it's technically littering into a into a uh, um a national park. I would turn that into a don't be that guy who's the one that's charging her. <laughs> but watch now, watch the progression of this. Leads me to Brendan. You just were telling us before we started about your social media posts that you were so jacked up about. Yes. I. Which actually is going to lead us to the next story. I, I generally <laughs> stay away from making comments on anything anymore. But I was I saw another one of those posts on and, and, and me. I don't have anything against golf media in general. Um I have a lot of friends that work in golf media, but Golf Digest posted another one of these uh, images that showed it could be anybody, but it was Dustin Johnson in this case. And it listed all his winning totals amounts for each event, individual and team as he's been playing and live. And I think the grand total with his bonus of 18 million was like 35 million, 35 million. Yep. And I just looked at that and I go, I have to say something because like, who cares? Like, I don't watch golf before this whole thing would live. I never gave a shit about how much money somebody was making. It would always be like a footnote. It would never be like the main context of, of a conversation, you know? And before we came on, we were going back and forth. We didn't even know what the highest person golf was. We probably know now because money's kind of gone to the forefront, but I think it's a huge turnoff. Um, I think it it's detracting people from watching the game versus, you know, what people think it might do is get more eyeballs on. I think it's a huge detractor and turnoff big time. Well, well Bobby, you been, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, this has been my, my main issue with live the whole time is that, Good for the players, right? Good for them. Dustin Johnson made 36 million. Good for him, right? But you can't in any way, form, shape convince me that that's good for golf. I'm not saying it's bad for golf. It's right. insignificant to the game of golf. Like It doesn't matter. 
you know what's good for golf if they if they would show that i made fifty dollars or twenty five dollars for doing a clinic with 50 kids that's better news if you want to put a dollar figure up there for golf Bob, did, I know you've you've had a busy schedule with everything going on down at your property, but did, did you make it down to Doral? No, I did not, because uh, we were wicked busy, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, but yeah, I want to just mention, to, you know, for probably, you know, it was that tiger effect. But regardless, uh, it, it's a non-issue, non-starter for me anymore about this money list and the the best golfers with money list and this and that. It it's antiquated as of twenty some years ago where. I remember being in the golf shop at Hillview Country Club with my dad when um, I think it was uh, Curtis Strange became the first million dollar winner on the tour. He won the tour championship. Might have been at Pebble or something. But I remember we were just looking at each other like, oh my God, guy won a million dollars on the PGA. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, and so, you know, when they say the, 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 the um, I sat next to the greatest really greatest golfer of all time today and like you put jack's earnings up against anybody else like it's a joke yeah uh, it's, it's got to go on wins second place there there's got to be a different metric yeah yeah money is such a relative metric right yeah yeah exactly uh i mean considering that someone who has has their tour card this year is guaranteed to make five hundred thousand dollars right yeah <laughs> for their minute for their minimum minimum earnings their entry you know, their, you know, their entry level contract what would be a really interesting stat is you know sam sneed won 82 tournaments mm-hmm. and i would love to know what his career earnings were um and I, i'm guessing that somebody could finish you know third in the tournament now and and eclipse what sam sneed earned in his whole career oh i'm sure 25th i bet it's 25th at some of these events yeah now are you, are you looking at that Alan? i i i am in fact uh <laughs> let's see adjusted no that's not what i want um that would be interesting too what his 82 wins would equate to in today's money yeah Oh well, it says that if that's the case, it'd be two hundred million is adjusted. Yeah, is that what yeah. you saw? Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> it, it probably made one point two million. It actually, so he his his adjusted the article reads an adjusted earnings. I don't I don't see his actual, but adjusted a fresh look at the all time top thirty. Sneed would have two hundred million. Nicholas one hundred seventy five. Hogan one hundred sixty and Palmer one hundred forty five. Well, where's Tiger? Uh, he's not on there. No, I wouldn't think so. Uh, I, I take I take that back. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Tiger will be sitting at seven at one seventeen. So I don't know how old the article is because I know isn't he? He's over that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So actually, what's noteworthy? You know, here's my here's the live bash session. Um, Two days after winning, old DJ uh, changed his team, which I didn't even know they could do this. Um, two, yeah, two days after winning uh, the team championship, DJ has basically 
kicked Taylor Gooch off of his team for <laughs> an added Peter Uline. Wow. They're making it up as they go. So I, I find it to be so funny that they all comment about like how nervous they are and, and how much pressure they're feeling. Like it's almost like they're they're answering to the criticism that it's just a fun golf event and they're they're going overboard to tell people just how nervous they are. <laughs> Well, I think it was Dan Rapport on like four play or something. You know, he was there and he was just going on. I, I, I may be wrong if it wasn't you, Dan. Sorry about that. But one of the one of the media golf media was railing on the fact about how casual it is, how they're trying to over casual everything. It's a tournament. It's a competition. If you walk it, you're you, the the, uh, the bees are playing tonight. Are they? casually passing the puck is it like playing a pickup game of shinny i mean or are they actually going out there and skating you mean you're talking about the nhl's best team right now the boston bruins oh are they the nhl's best team right now andy is leaning uh, i just found out that sam sneed in his career made six hundred and twenty thousand dollars wow mine says eight hundred dude i got my glasses on I, I have to flip them up because I'm blind. <laughs> I get $820,729 winning 82, what was 82 events. That's adjusted for World War II inflation. Unbelievable. Crazy. It, it is. It is crazy. You know, I just thought of this. Liv is like the Harlem Globetrotters of basketball. Oh, there 100%. you go. Who's Curly Neal? hundred percent. Pat Perez. Pat Perez and Charlie Neal. Or the, um, who's the baseball team? The banana something? Banana oh, Savannah Bananas? Savannah Bananas, yeah. Oh, my. So, Brent, can we bring this back to the uh, the golf outing in Orlando? We're all going to be there. If anybody wants to listen, they want to find out, they want to go there. How do they find it? So if they, they want to play and they can hang out with us because I'll probably be sitting up on up, up on the uh, porch having a beverage. Wow. You put me on the spot. I wasn't prepared for the link for that. Let's let's have folks that are that interested. Your 18th hole, Brendan. Yeah. Save, okay. Save that. That's the 18th hole. But in the meantime, Something ahead of that is our fundraiser coming up in a couple of days, which is we've done this for 11 years is a hundred hole marathon. A lot of you just I think you just did one up at your course, Alan, a hundred hole marathon. We did actually. Yeah. Riley, did, really Riley well. did a great job yesterday. Yep. Those are a lot of fun. But as my co-host slash board members know, hundred hole events are not for everyone to partake in. They're they're kind of a it's it's a hall. That's how I get in my quota of golf for the year, by the way, gentlemen. I play hurdles of golf once a year. <laughs> but if anybody's interested, you can go to littlelinksters.org, um, pick any of the players in the field, and make a pledge per hole, 50 cents, quarter, dollar, whatever you want. Um, and that's our longest-running uh, event to help raise funds. And then for my 18th hole, I'll find the – Info for the uh, scramble. 
but that event in January is more of the traditional scramble that most folks that that play the game are, are more familiar with. Okay. So before we get off the live topic, can we talk about Pat Perez a little bit? Um, the dancing guy. Sure. The, the dancing guy. So he's his performance in live has been uninspiring maybe it's a good way to put it pathetic like i think he finished 29th one time bad golf uh i don't know what you want to call it but pat perez made eight million dollars and lived this year great country it's a great country which mm-hmm. which america or saudi arabia <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! Too, just, too, too soon. <laughs> I, I just find that to be to be insulting a little bit. It's it's a mockery of the game to me that that Pat Perez made eight million dollars playing golf this year. It's a mockery to all the other people outside of live who play this game professionally. Um, you know, scratch and claw and and uh, try to make everything, you know, seem to make sense and have their games come together at the right time. It just, it just, it, that one thing just seems to, to be a mockery of, of professional golf to me. I don't disagree. I think he, uh, I think we should dub him the Walter Hagen recipient for barnstorming and making money <laughs> and dancing and dancing and again some, not, not his fault i'm telling you what he's got some mad flow though let's be honest yeah you want to yeah. talk about you want to talk about the, the the bruins his flow would work on a hockey rink he's got hockey flow <laughs> he's got some serious hockey flow yeah Is that, all you got? is that all you got on live, Andy? Yeah, for our listeners out there, just to, to talk about hockey flow, if you ever want to get a good chuckle, just Google Minnesota High School Hockey Hair Awards. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, the championship every year is hilarious. Yeah. All right, Bobby, what else you got today? What's your week been up to? Yeah, hanging with the goats and things like that. You know, it's 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 a slow week, uh, but we're picking up, and I'll be doing some uh, putting practice tomorrow on the wow, complete synthetic turf, synthetic putting green. <laughs> so perfect segue, right? That Check is, out yeah, complete synthetic yeah, complete synthetic turf dot com for not all your <laughs> yeah. I mean, for inside, outside, pets, walkways, business golf, you name it. Uh, we're going to be putting some more in at the Sandpiper Bay Resort, uh, looking at maybe making a speed green. So you really have to do some big time putting. It's going to be wicked fast. What, what will we be stimping at, Robert? Uh, probably 27. Wow. That's good speed. <laughs> <laughs> Kitchen sink. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Was that an Elon Musk reference? 
Oh, oh boy. Anyway, um, Andy, share with everyone. We're going to do a little foreshadowing. Uh, next week, we hopefully are getting this finalized. Tell us, tell everybody who we may have coming on, which then leads right into maybe a little discussion about uh, game improvement. Yeah. So, so last week, my 18th hole was kind of a shout out to Patrick Harrington. Um, for all the the gains he made this year um, in in his game, mostly in his speed, um, and he's done it at the tutelage of or under the tutelage of Michael Jacobs, who's um, a great 3D golf coach up in New York, and and uh, Michael has agreed to come on the show next week um, and talk about all things, you know, instruction and Padraig. And um, I think it'll be really a treat to have Michael on the show. And and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I can tell you at Saucon, watching him, I mean, the swing speed that Harrington was generating, he was like, he was Tiger-esque comparatively when Tiger first came out. That's how far ahead he was of everybody else at Saucon Valley. He's got 180 ball speed. Yeah. And yeah. he's how old? How old is he? 63, 62? No, no, or is no. He's not that old. He's not that old. Like I'm thinking. No, he's like, yeah, he's like 51 or 52, right? He's a rookie, oh, yeah. like a rookie almost out there. Yeah. Either way, I mean, he's kind of flipping it onto everybody's ear, the thought that you can't generate that kind of speed past a certain age. Well, I would like to, I, I, for one, okay, I am going to be in, extremely interested in this because I just can't hit it out of my shadow. I can hit it in a divot, but I can't hit it out of my shadow. Well, well I, since I think it'll be fun to, to ask Michael because, you know, he's not necessarily a speed coach. He's just a biomechanics guy and, a, you know, talks about forces and stuff like that. So I think uh, I think it'll be really interesting for us to pick his brain a little bit about how all this came to be. So it's going to be a good show to uh, both participate in and listen to is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Here's a little uh, conversation we had at our lunch table today with Jack and some of the others. How or why do you, can you keep around going into the back nine? Why do I play better on the front and I lose it on the back? What's it? What's the turn? Um, that was sort of the genesis of a lot of the, well, some of the conversation today. I have my own thoughts. I'll open it up for discussion on the proverbial, hey, I can't take my game into the back nine. Why does that happen? Before we go there, I just have to offer this thought. Hey, guys, did you notice how Bobby goes, well, you know, sitting at the table with Jack today. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Nicholas. <laughs> Hanging, you know. <laughs> Just chilling. Ice cream. What is what is the answer to that? That's a constant conversation I have with with my juniors because you, you see it all the time. They they just self and I wouldn't even call it self-implode. They just kind of putter out. And these are kids, a lot of these kids are physically, there's no issues. But then we go into the the idea of, 
nutrition, hydration, things like that. And then we go into the idea of, I harp on this all the time about sticking to a routine and, you know, it's, it's like, it's like that shiny thing they see over there. There's a, if you're a dog and there's a squirrel that runs by and you're like squirrel, you like, you just, we can't maintain focus. And I think that's what happens is you're, and, and Bobby, you could, you know, Pam could probably attest to this. I think there's a correlation between, and we've said it before, the hydration and nutrition part and how the, the brain starts to kind of fizzle out as you get down, down the stretch. There's a huge correlation. Everything from you grab a hot dog and a Coke at the turn, physiologically worse nutrition you could possibly do for a spike. Um, you get to your body out of sync. Uh, hydration, if you're, like one gentleman today said he finished his round the other day, he had four, four waters or something, he was so thirsty. I said, boy, that's the worst thing. You, you need to be drinking where you never feel thirsty, then you're hydrated. And so you get dehydrated on the back nine, your seven iron, instead of flying so far, is about a 15, 20% less ball flight, even if you hit it well. Instead of hitting on the green, you hit it in the bunker. Hey, I'm not too good out of the bunker. I mean, there's issues like that. I said to Jack today, do you remember when you were got behind T at forward? Uh, I had just gone into PG headquarters. I had to uh, work with Barney Adams. Barney Adams came up with the T at forward promotion. Jack got behind that. Uh, we had a lot of players behind it. You know, that that's one of the things there. Jack said, I think too many people play too far back. They get fatigued. They get frustrated. Later in the round, they might move up or they might not move up. Uh, so playing the proper tees is huge as well. It's definitely this, this uh, for, for the better player, it's really, truly staying in the moment and not thinking way out ahead. Like you said, Brennan, it's not thinking, I made a couple of bogeys. Oh, shoot, I'm on the 12th hole. Well, I usually do well in 15 and 16, so wait a minute, what's your shot at hand? What's the, what, what shot are you hitting right now in the 13th hole? Uh, so it's, it's a bunch of different things, but um, it was, it was fascinating conversation. It was, um, you know, it, it is part of it is swing mechanic a little bit, but it's way more than that. It's the teaser from the teaser playing from the team ground, if you will, not your tee box. It's the staying. If you just stay hydrated and stay in the moment, and play from the proper team ground, that's going to help yourself. Yeah, I I got to say that that those are all all valid, you know, kind of reasons that that this happens to people. But like for me personally, I bet I have more situations where, like, I'll have a bad front nine and figure my stuff out and play better on the back, you know. Um, which obviously is more of a mental thing than a than a physical thing. You think that's expectations? No. Because I think with some of my kids where that situation happens, where they blow up and then they kind of settle themselves, I, I think it's setting expectations too high, not achieving, and then kind of letting go, and then they kind of... I can definitely out. see that being an issue, yeah. I could definitely see that being an issue. I mean, what Andy said is one of the neatest things is as your game improves and you start to feel like you're a tournament golfer. Yeah. 41 on the front. What the heck happened? You get to 10. It's a neat thing when you can figure it out in the middle of a round and you rescue around yeah. and try a tweak in the swing and 
all of a sudden, you know, one or two under in the back, you salvage things. Yeah, I think I think that's that's true. Which, you know, to be fair, has nothing to do with all of the valid, you know, nutritional and and you know those other issues that you brought up, which I think for most people is probably, you know, more kind of evident of what happens to people out there. I actually think it becomes a it becomes focus. Because I, I mean, I, I, I think I've even said on, on here before. I'll, I'll go out. I'll, I'll play the first one, two, maybe three holes really well, because I'm focused. And then it goes off the rails, and then the next one goes off the rails, and then I sit there and go, "Why the hell am I even out here? I don't even <laughs> want to be out here. I don't want to be out here. I don't even like. I don't even like it anymore. It's so frustrating. Golf's so hard to have to work at." <laughs> I should go back in and try to make try to sell a golf course. There's a lot of self-talk going on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But then when I get to after after I've shot myself out of playing a you know a really good round, I get to number nine. I finish tap it in, and it's like that. It's like, ah, oh, I just got off the highway. I got off the on ramp. I'm about to get out of the you know get out, pump gas, and and uh, take a breather. Yeah, and then you go back to and then nice. To your point, or both of your points, you get back in the car on number 10, and you're like, hey, guess what? Now I can play. Yep. And 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 you're now chasing, in my case, I'm like chasing, okay, I'm six over on the front, let's say. If I if I'm just gonna play the back nine, make it easy on myself, play the back nine and try to try to do what one, two over or better. And it's fun. It's 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 interesting how many times you can actually do that. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to get a secret mic on your put it in your golf bag or in your cart and hear the self commentary. Oh, around with him. It, it generally it generally goes something like, "You effing suck anymore." You what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, it does. No, it does not. I keep you, it clean. You need a Stephen Yellen intervention. Yes. Exactly. No, but I'll tell you what, he, he's more than welcome to come down. We could actually, we could tape down at Eagle Ridge if he'd like to uh, do the show from Eagle Ridge and we could work. I could be like a demonstration model next week. Less focus is what allows a person to achieve their peak performance. How's that? Sensei, yeah. Words. <laughs> All right, so so I'm I'm recording here in the 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 studio, and I hear in the other room, Phillies fans are going crazy. World Series is on, so that means that uh, it, it's the 18th hole. And uh, <laughs> final thoughts, Bobby Baldessari, go first. I'm gonna start and finish with. Um... More and more people keep an eye on Devils Golf for next year or going through this fall. I'm going to do my best to help promote that. Uh, but go to doublesgolf.com. Lots of different divisions, men, ladies, senior, parent-child, mixed. Um, it's a really, really, really neat thing. You'll have rankings, and it can be equitable. It's just um, I like where that's going, and it's going to help the golf industry moving forward. And, and when you get the goat behind you with Jack Nicholas as a co-founder, that guy is a miss. Um, 
Andy. Okay, so so last Sunday, a couple days ago, the Portugal Open on the DPW tour um, kind of concluded. And after I think the third round, Sebastian Heisele um, shot 65. He's been struggling all year. Um, I don't think he's made a cut since May. Um, but he announced uh, in the press room after his third round 65 that tomorrow would be his last round ever on the DPW tour. He was, he was retiring. Um, and he's retiring to coach. He just got his certification and, and he's going to start coaching golf, which I think is, is awesome that he did that. And, you know, he did, like I said, missed every cut since May and he cashed 77,589 euros probably, <laughs> but uh, he got a nice little going away party check. Nice. Actually, Brendan, I'm going to skip. I'm going to go with mine. I'll, I'll save you to the end. Uh, my shout out is actually down at the Timber Tech Championship this week. Uh, longtime club pro Rob Labritz. After a great season, he's right there. He has literally a chance to get his champion, a champions tour card. We wish him well, and I know I will be watching. Mr. Elliott. I'd like to give a shout out to uh, one of our Little Linksers board members, uh, Rob Robinson. He is the coach of the Winter Park, Florida High School boys golf team. They won the states a couple of years ago. Uh, they've had some solid finishes in years past or years since that championship. They squeaked it out. They didn't have the greatest season this year, but they squeaked it out and made it into states uh, coming up in, a, in two weeks. Um, by one shot, they came in second. Yeah, you know, this the separation between second, third, and fourth was all one shot. So that's insane. Wow. Um, when you've got that solid of play, and they and they finished, I think, I think there were three over as a team coming in second place. So good golf. Um, a lot of my kids were in their districts and regional tournaments this week, and some fared good, some didn't fare good. But hey, we play on. Um, and last thing. All the events that uh, Little Linksters does for fundraising, you can go to littlelinksters.com backslash annual dash fundraiser dash events. And you can find out about all the fundraiser events that we do. There you go. All right, guys. Uh, Bobby, hit it long and straight because it's better than wicked short and wicked or short. Your or your doubles partner doesn't hit it well. <laughs> that too. Because it's better, it's better than missing out on a Jack Nicholas signed head cover. <laughs> Will not live that down. You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30-plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. 
Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member Alan DePew today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519. 